Broadcasting live from the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Now here's your hosts, Matt Hynas and Sean Fraunfelder. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, want to thank you for another day here. Uh, Lord, we uh, we ask that you be with us uh, tonight through this conversation. Uh, Lord, this is uh, another one of those podcasts where uh, we have some general uh, kind of thoughts and, and direction, uh, but Lord, we're going to need to uh, rely on you uh, for complete direction. Lord, we... Um, we thank you for a little bit of breaking the weather here. Um, start to warm up a little bit, um, Lord. We, uh, I think we're all getting to the point where we're just kind of needing a little bit of that relief. So we are thankful for that, uh, Lord. I want to thank you for the guys that are sitting here with me, uh, Lord. Just what an incredible blessing they are in my life. Uh, the way they challenge me, the way they um, keep me accountable, uh, the way they stretch me, grow me, um, Lord. I'm just so grateful for just an amazing group of people that you've placed in my life. Lord, we um, we ask that you bless uh, these words that we talk tonight, Lord, that there's somebody out there who needs to hear uh, whatever that you're going to speak through us tonight. Lord, we pray that um, whoever listens, that they understand that um, this isn't about us, this is about you, and this is about what you've done in our life and what you're you know still currently doing in our lives. Uh, so, Lord, we pray that we're able to um, just kind of speak that out clearly to people. Lord, we want to pray for anybody out there who uh, maybe is kind of on the fence a little bit. Uh, Lord, we pray that you continue to work in their lives and soften their hearts. Uh, Lord, again, we thank you for all that you do. Lord, we love you. We want to pray this in the holy, powerful, and spotless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Castanet Podcast number 3-2. Franco Harris. This is the Franco Harris, the Immaculate Reception podcast. This has got to be a good one. It has to be. I mean, one of the greatest. It's going to have to be. So brought to you from headquarters of Out of the Boat Ministries, my name is Sean Fraunfelder, and I'm joined once again with um, my my running mate, Matt Hynas. Run for political office. Yeah, that's true. You are, aren't you? Maybe. Maybe. That's another episode. And the sound maestro himself, dun, dun, dun. Adam Shine. That's me. Um, so we're just going to touch on that just a little bit. So you're looking at throwing the hat into the political ring, huh? There is much consideration being given to it at the public level. So I'll, I'll just throw this little bit out. Um, I think there needs to be more conservative, Christian-minded people who get into... Um, this uh, kind of atmosphere or whatever you want to say because um, that it can have an effect on local policy, on school policies, on things like that. Uh, I think that we've kind of as a conservative group or a Christian group, we've kind of stood back from that. And um, I, I think we need good, strong uh, Bible-believing Christians uh, that are in leadership roles within our, our schools, our local communities, um, different organizations, businesses, state government, federal government. Um, I think that's a lot of the reason why we're kind of heading in the direction we're going. So I completely support if you decide that this is a route that you want to go. So I just want yeah, to throw but- that out there. If anybody's kind of you know on the fence, is thinking whether they should or not, or... Um, you know, I'm afraid this is going to, you know, affect this part of my walk, or right. But this could be an also a, a great open door for a new part of ministry for you because you're going to be around people who you don't really know, you, you and you, you don't really do life with. So it's a great opportunity. And you normally wouldn't be around them, yeah. Right. And that's kind of been my prayer um, over the past several days. Of you know, is this uh, a door that the Lord has opened? Is this uh, a distraction? Uh, point uh, that the enemy has tried. And so I'm just kind of praying through that. Uh, I've talked to um, to a few friends and, uh, you know, asked them to pray and 
uh, asked for their input on that. And so um, if you folks wouldn't mind, uh, listeners, you know, just uh, putting a prayer in there for me and, you know, just asking the Lord to give me a good sign if it is something. But, you know, we'll find out. Mm. We'll find out. We will. It's interesting news. I'll be praying, buddy. Thank you. You know, it's not like I'm making a run for the presidential office in D.C., but um, <laughs> local right. local level. 2028, my highness. <laughs> yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll get George Bush, George W. Strategery. Strategery. Vote for Jeb. All right, Adam. So tonight's kind of conversation for tonight's topic. I want to get the ball rolling here. Okay. Um, And I kind of told these two, uh, you know, I don't know where this is going to go, but I wanted to share what's kind of been led on my heart as we've been going through acts here at Out of the Boat uh, together. Um, been listening to Malcolm Carter share, uh, you know, the wisdom that God's given him through the book of Acts, and, um, you know, specifically tonight, uh, through Acts 21 and 22, uh, Paul ended up back in Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, he was there to witness, he was there to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and uh, uh, basically, they pretty much didn't want it, and they... uh, you know, beat him to an inch of his life, only to be saved by Roman guards. Um, but the most amazing thing that uh, you know I've read before, but just really spent time to think time thinking of it, uh, listening to uh, perspective from Malcolm Carter, um, goes into twenty two, where you know the Romans pretty much saved his life, uh, and they're taking him up a set of stairs um, to take him away from the crowd that was yelling at him, accusing him falsely of things, um, just not wanting anything to do with him but have him killed. Uh, Paul asked if he could say some words. And then uh, it's kind of where Malcolm took his sidestep. He's like, you know, if it was me, I'd kind of be giving him a, a, a thing or two to the chew on because they are wrongfully accusing me, lying. You know, he'd be calling them liars, you know, filth for doing what they did. And almost have a right to do so because of what they did to him for just trying to share his experience. So Paul did. Paul asked, hey, can I, can I speak to the crowd? They allow him to do so. And what does he do? He shares a story. He shares where he was and how he was like a lot of the people who were in the crowd, uh, what God did to him uh, to change his life and what he has an opportunity to do now while almost being beaten to death, being taken away to put into prison, um, as these people are still shouting at him. Um, and there's much more detail in these two scriptures, of course, and I would encourage you to go to go spend some time in those two chapters, because uh, even just in those two, there's so much to be able to pull out of it. But for me, it's like, man, I'm pretty good at just uh, just being upset, frustrated with people at a much for much lesser reasons instead of thinking uh, thinking uh, my sole purpose here is to give people an opportunity to know Jesus the way he's given me an opportunity to know him. Uh, having opportunities to share my story, uh, and I miss that boat so often, and it's really, really pushed me uh, to dig deeper. And honestly, that's kind of correlated with the... Uh, uh, Something I went to a couple weekends ago where they uh, really are, were pushing, man, you got to be telling your story. You, you got to find people to share your story with, build relationships, relationships, and, and encourage them to do the same, to grow deeper in God and have a deep relationship. And then so they can share the stories that they have had happen to them with others. Um, I mean, that's it in a nutshell, guys. Uh, he's really pressed upon me to, uh, through this, to change my perspective, change my view a little bit, and uh, work on having a burden to uh, share the gospel with everybody, even people that really annoy me. Yeah, I, 
if you go to Acts 22 that Adam's referenced, it, it really starts right off basically after he says to the guards, hey, are you going to let me speak? And they're like, sure. And so he just starts into his story. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I'm a Jew, born in Tarsus of Sicilia, brought up in this city. And then he goes on to basically tell his story about how he was leaving Damascus, basically going out then at that time to round up some more Jews to beat down and kill. And then he says, you know, there's suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me and I fell to the ground. And I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. So he goes on in 22 just to tell his story. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a simpleness to that. Mm. Nobody told Paul's story better than he did. Right. Just like the three of us sitting at this table, nobody's going to tell our story better than ourselves. But the simplicity of that, I think we get caught up to the grandiose presentation maybe. Um, or we think maybe our story's not enough. And I've been there because I grew up in church. Uh, I didn't get carried away in high school or college. Uh, um, so I was really good at thinking, you know, I've just had this slow growth over these years, and, you know, what's so special about that? But God's really instilled, you know. There's still uh, times for me that even not having a crazy story, <clears throat> I had a great job of distractions and how I know now from that experience distractions can be devastating in your walk. And that's me, and I own that. And I'm proud to say now that I understand how important that story is for other people who may be in that same boat, who may be thinking, do I even really know this God that I grew up saying that I believe in? Uh, Because when you grew up in it, sometimes it's hard to separate, is this something I really truly believe, or is it something that I've just been just been, quote-unquote, indoctrinated into because I've been in church three nights a week ever from zero to 18 years old. Um, now, for me, absolutely no no doubts in my mind. Uh, you guys heard uh, some stories of recent stories of mine, uh, you know, with some crazy dreams and whatnot to just really set that in stone for me. Um, and even before that, you know, I just knew. I, I knew God was real. But there was times where it's like, you know, did, did I just follow in line? Uh, and that's my story. That's only one part of my story. I've shared other stories on here. And uh, as important, and don't want to minimize it at all, your story of when God changed you, but as you continue to go deeper and grow closer with God, you're going to have more stories. And each of those stories is going to be important for you to share with other people uh, that uh, you know may come to you because you're spending time with them and say, hey, how do I deal with this? Like, well, let me tell you how I dealt with that um, or how da- God was able to work through me in that situation similar. Um, you know, the stories are unending as you continue your walk with God. So I think it's important to remember, just as this scripture, Acts 22, by the time he's done towards the end of chapter 22, the crowd is done with Paul. Like, take him away. Like, take yeah. him away. Go flog him. And We're that's done. a good point. I mean, they, they could have cared about the story. They heard it, though. But yep. he did what the Lord had told him to do. Absolutely. And it's a great reminder for all spirit-filled believers. You are going to tell your story at some point and somebody's got to laugh at you or they're going to say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or I think you're a liar. I don't even believe in a God. And be prepared for that. Yeah. And and don't, don't take that as a loss. Don't be discouraged. Yeah. Don't be sidetracked by it. Discouraged by that. I mean, I, I, I've, personally, and know other people that will shut them down for a long time because, man, God, I just, I just really stepped out of my comfort zone. Well, he wants us out of our comfort zone every day. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's don't be discouraged. Just, just go to the next one that you feel led to talk to um, because, as we've talked before, they may say those things to your face, but you never know what God's going to work through them over the next week, next month, year, five, ten years you know, maybe on their deathbed. But even if on their deathbed, they're like, okay, I believe in you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. 
then they get to go home. And that is still such an amazing thing. Um, so I have a hard time believing that, that there wasn't one person in that crowd that didn't hear that story from Paul and it didn't resonate with them and they didn't go home and pray about it. That it wasn't a little bit of a seed that was planted. Yeah. I mean, that one small person get, that maybe backed out of the. Out yeah, of the I mean, crowd. you can get into the the mob mentality, and you yep. could have been part of the mob mentality. Yep. But we we the scripture is not clear on what happened when those people went home. Right. You know, what happens when they started having some conversations a week later when they came up and you and they were like, "Man, you remember that Paul cat?" Like, you know. So this was such a big event that happened. That this wasn't just like a one and done, and then no one spoke of it again, you know? And that's the kind of ripple effect we talk about a lot with Move the Hills and things like that. Like, you just don't know where it goes. But no, I have a hard time believing that any time that somebody gives their testimony or gives the gospel, and, and Scripture's clear on it, those words don't come back void. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may not have been somebody who got saved then, and there may not be somebody who gets saved right now when, when you give your story, but you don't know what happens 10 years from now. Yeah. I mean, that could be that little seed that, that the Lord is continuing to grow. Um, you know, and, and the other thing about sharing your stories is, um, I've always liked when when somebody comes in here to out of the boat, and, and you can even say it for a church. Like, I don't believe anybody can walk into a Bible believing church and walk in and have some type of whatever issue, and there's not a single person there that doesn't know what they've gone through. Mm. There's always somebody in the body, and we see it. We see it yeah, every Thursday. See it all the time. You know, you have somebody come in on on uh, to out of the boat who whatever, has gone through a divorce, is dealing with adultery, has dealt with suicide, dealt with alcoholism, dealt with drug addiction, and there's always someone here that's like, yep, I've been there. Because, like for me, nobody can talk to an alcoholic like an alcoholic can. Mm -hmm. Nobody can talk to a heroin addict like a heroin addict can. Nobody can talk to somebody about going through a divorce unless you've been through divorce. Nobody can talk about a kid getting a horrible medical diagnosis other than another parent who's had to do that. Yeah. I mean, so I think that's part of the reason why the, why the Lord wants us to share our stories because that's how we connect, but that's also how we're his hands and feet. So if yeah. we continue to walk around and not share our story, there are so many people that are walking by us who have had our same experiences. There are so many people. I mean, Adam, you may not have the crazy drunken stories like some of us do, but there are plenty of people who have had the same kind of life or upbringing that you've had yep. and who have sat around and listened to some of us tell some of the dumb things that we've done and they think, well, I don't really have a testimony. Like, they need to hear yours Absolutely. so that way they're... And, and, and there's so many people who were raised in the, the apathetic kind of Methodist system that you were in, Matt, and, and then get to an age where you're just like, there's got to be something else. Like, there's got to be something, you know. I mean, we've all kind of had these, you know, these different demons, and I think that's where it kind of connects. So you go back to Paul and standing on those steps, like somebody or multiple people somewhere somehow there were seeds planted because God didn't lay it on his heart for him to do that just so that we could read Scripture 2,000 years later. If we could time travel back to Acts 22, the very day, the very hour, as soon as he was done and they were walking him in, and if you move on in, you'll see in 22 that they were going to flog him Mm -hmm. until he brought up that he was a Roman citizen. Yeah. But if you could go back... 
and have a press pass and interview Paul right after he was done talking on the way to get flogged. Paul, were you successful here today? (laughs) If you ask today's church, was Paul successful? It would be interesting to see what they responded with. Because what, what do we do? We get distracted in today's church with, well, we did an altar call and only one person raised their hand. Oh, well, it's a failure. Or we had this big event and 10 people got saved. It's not about saves. Saves, it's not a success of an event based on 100 people. Is it, because where do you draw the line? A successful event is five people get saved, 10 people get saved, 10, like 100 people. Like We get caught up in that, and we don't need to be caught up in that. What we need to be caught up in is doing the will of the Father which is sharing our story, sharing Jesus. How did Jesus change our life? Because that's what Paul did. And I guarantee you, Paul would have said, yes, this was successful today. Mm-hmm. Because his whole life, mm-hmm. after meeting Jesus on the road of Damascus, was by any means, when you look at it, the guy was shipwrecked how many times? Yeah, Beaten, like snake bit. This guy's story is crazy. You don't see hundreds of thousands of people in those scriptures, particularly coming to know Christ. Early on you do. But his whole life wasn't based on blank amount of people came to accept Jesus through Mm. his testimony. Every time he was able to give his story, Paul would tell you, I believe he was successful. Mm. Yeah. And so we share our story at Carpenter's Mini Mart. And the person turns around and says, hey, thanks, bye. That's a success. Amen. It's not a loss. Did they come to Christ right there? No. Did you plant a seed? You hope so. But at the end of the day, you're still telling your story. And I think just for listeners that are spirit-filled and are going to a church, it's not all about saves. It's not all about hands raised in the air. Do we want people to be saved? Yeah. Is the Bible very clear that when one person comes to know Jesus Christ, that the angels and the other sentient beings in the throne room of God rejoice? Amen. One person. Is it very important for people to be saved? Absolutely. But we can't measure our success based on saves and unsaves. And... And I think another aspect that we can include in this, uh, you know, and I'll speak for myself, and it's something that I've heard a pastor say before, um, and this pastor even said the same thing, you know, how I of feelings. I don't care how many times I've done it, I can be very scared to talk to somebody, usually every time when God's pressing me. I don't know why, because here's the other flip side. When I do it, no matter the outcome— when I know I followed God's will and I move by the push of the Spirit, it's a joyous occasion. It is exciting and it's exhilarating. Um, it brings me closer to God just by witnessing. Um, and, I mean, that's something that I'm really, you know, the, the amount of uh, closeness to God and joy that you can have just by sharing your story, just by talking to people about God is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a high um, it's funny that there you can get so many highs naturally by the closeness of your relationship with God through worship, through time in the Word, through time in prayer, and, and through sharing your story. It's funny that we still find other avenues to do it, to, to get that uh, unnatural high. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it can be exhilarating being able to share your story, even if they don't receive it well. Um, and I think that's... Uh, uh, and maybe I'm wrong and, you know, I'm happy to be corrected, but I mean, maybe that's part of uh, a gift that God's able to give us by honoring him and doing what he tells us to do, even though as broken people, it may be harder than it should be. Um, no, I mean, I, I do agree with you. I mean, it is like a spiritual high is um like so kind of undescribable yeah. for me you know when you when you 
when you have that moment where you you've heard clearly from God or you feel strongly about a certain way or or you just kind of feel his presence like yeah there's a spiritual high that's there that it's undescribable and i think that's part of what it kind of motivates people to want to share that because you do want other people to experience that yeah and, and you want those people and and even those you know the hardest person to share the gospel with are the people who already think that they're saved mm. uh, the ones that are that are lost but think that they're not and you're wanting them to experience, you know, what you've experienced, or your or your family member has experienced, or your friends have experienced. Like you want that, and I, and I think that's that's kind of part of that. And I think the more that you, um, it's just like any kind of addiction. The more that you experience it, the more that you want to experience it more. I mean, you kind of get on yeah. a roll. Like you know, there's people I know who it seemed like once they started kind of you know, give their story or, you know, kind of witness in public. Like it just, with some people it's, it's one or done with some people. It's like they get on a roll and they just can't stop. JTB. Yeah. Yeah. JTB. He's Mm -hmm. one. Um, so we need to get him on by the way. We do. Oh man. Yeah, we do. Um, so Paul is, you know, many, many, many Christians, you know, Paul is, you know, one of their, you know, more favorite characters in Scripture. Um, you know, next to Christ, he's probably the next favorite person. And, and I've always kind of looked at Paul um, and why God used Paul and why, you know, why Paul lived the life that he did. And kind of, you know, what's the whole unwritten message of Paul? Um, so, Paul to me, like I like Paul because Paul is hardcore. He mm. was. I mean, you, you talked about shipwreck, and, and again, I, I know I, I I know I read this a couple podcasts ago, but I mean, just to you know reiterate, like. And this is Paul, this is 2 Corinthians 11, 24. Uh, five times I received at the hands of Jews the 40 lashes less one. Mm-hmm. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day was adrift at sea. Mm-hmm. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, Danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger in false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Mm. <clears throat> like you have to be you have to be hardcore to be able to mm. go through that. Now so a lot of us can look at at Christ and and we see like all that Paul went through doesn't still doesn't hold a candle to being crucified on a cross. Okay? Mm. It's kind of been universal that that's probably one of the most brutal forms of of execution that was ever formed. Um, but I think a lot of us in the back of our heads, and even me, still kind of says, "Yeah, but he was still God." Mm. You know, it's like Paul. It's an easy way to put an excuse in there. It, it is. It's kind of, yeah. and, and I'm not saying it's right. I just think right. sometimes but we kind of, it's easy to think. We it's kind of ex- excuse that to yep. be able to say, well, he was able to take that because he was 100% human, but also 100% God. You don't have that with Paul. <laughs> all right. Paul mm-hmm. was 100% human that was 100% filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I think the thing with Paul is Paul's an example for us to be able to say, we can be Paul. Mm. 
Paul didn't have a different Holy Spirit than we had, than we have. The same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that is within us. But I think the biggest difference is the belief factor. Mm. All right? So, we're all going to leave here tonight, and we're going to head home. We all drove here, right? You guys drove? I rode a horse. Okay. So, (laughs) on your way home, you're going to drive home on the right side of the road, correct? Yes, sir. The reason you're going to do that is because you believe that if you drove on the left side of the road, that you would get in an accident. Yes. So, without question, you're going to be on the right side of the road. There's so many things in Christianity and in our faith that we say we believe, but we don't stay on the right side of the road. We make this excuse that we're always like, well, you know, but the flesh is so powerful. And I'm, no, we're just that weak. Mm. We lack true commitment. Paul had 100% commitment, 100% commitment. I could just put, just put the part of hungry and thirsty, and I'm probably out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people I know, including myself, that'd probably be out on that one. Right. But that's the thing of when you say you really, we've dumbed down words so much from their meanings nowadays that when you say you believe something, you either 100% believe or you don't. You believe that if you drive on the left-hand side of the road going down the highway, you will probably get in an accident and there's a likelihood you're going to die. Right? There's things within our faith that says that if you do this, it's basically the same as driving on the left-hand side of the road. You're going to get in a head-on collision and you're going to die. But yet we continue to keep doing it. And there gets to be a point for me where I'm like, do we fully, really honestly believe because if we did i think our lives would be so much more different i think about we're big fans of disciple here at out of the boat ministries uh disciple comes uh we have them every year it moved the hills and um the disciples meant a lot in my life personally in their lyrics and songs but the one song um, in the fall of last year that really touched me was a song called Collision. And uh, if you're a Disciple mm-hmm. fan, you'll know that's on the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades album. It's probably not one of the big songs on there. but um, And I reached out to Kevin, the lead singer Disciple, and said, can you give me a little more about these lyrics? So if you uh, want to look this up sometime later as you hear this podcast, Collision by Disciple, It says, strip this away if it's what it takes, I'm ready to break. Lean forward, I'm bracing for collision. Run faster, I'm chasing your collision. And so what Kevin told me was, when Paul had a collision with Jesus, it changed everything. Mm. And so this song is about, we want to change so bad. We need things stripped away. We need a collision. He's saying in his song, run faster. I'm chasing your collision, God. And I think that's for me. That's that's for all of us that say, I don't know, I could do what Paul did. We need that collision. We want an impact so big with the creator of the universe that changes our lives forever. And I think for some people, their collisions came at different points in their life, in their childhood, through trauma. Um, maybe it's from the loss of a parent at an early age. Um, you know, maybe it was after several DUIs and, and your life was falling in. But at some point in time, there's a collision. And you can allow it to change your life and be like Paul because it changed his life drastically or you can continue down the path and act like it never even occurred 
But you, you have to be careful on the fact of wanting this collision so that God will change everything for your life. You know, because this whole, you know, this is this is the Ron Grubb. You know how you quit looking at porn? Stop. You stop. <laughs> Like, yeah. you don't have to, you know, to get on your knees and pray, Lord, take this with... No. Stop. The Holy Spirit will give you strength to do it. But at some point in time, you have to do part of the work. It's just the same as with Paul. Yeah. He had to get up on those on that those steps, and he had to do... You can't... You'll never be able to convince me that in, 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 in parts of Paul's mind that he wasn't like, I want to be... I want to call down thunder and lightning on yeah, all of go you. Elijah on him. Right. <laughs> but he had full belief in something. Mm. Can you and imagine every time that, they said, hey, let's get on this ship again? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Are you coming, Paul? Yeah. No, I'm well, not. Well, let's see. One time, two times, sure. <laughs> yeah. Third time's a charm. Right. I'm out. Yeah. Um, but I think there ends up being that point in time where you you have to do part of the work too. Yeah. Like I, I think, and, and I, I think that's just where we've become so lukewarm in Christianity is because we just want, you know, oh God, fix me. Yeah. And, and that's that kind of thing where you're just like, that wasn't Paul. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think the reason that Paul I think the reason that Paul was so successful in what he did was, I, I think part of it was just, I think his hair, his character was just kind of more hardcore anyways. I mean, if you look back at at what it is to become a Pharisee and who he trained under and all that, like that's mm. some serious dedication. Sure. I mean, here's a guy who just, he's 100% committed. Um, and, and let's be honest, the vast majority of, of us, we're, we're committed to ourselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're committed to our own comfort. We're committed to our own, our own wants, our own desires. Um, and that doesn't line up with God. It just doesn't. And that was where, if you look at Paul, and these are some of the kind of outtakes that you can take from you know, kind of the overview of his life. Like, he was 100% committed to Christ. And that was it. And he didn't care about anything else. He lived a very affluent life and gave it all up. Mm-hmm. Riches... Uh, and gave it all up, and it wasn't like, well, yeah, let me, let me pray about this and see if this is what I should do, Jesus. Mm. I mean, it, it wasn't when he had that collision. Um, so I sometimes wonder for my life if, if I can ever kind of get to that point where. Because this, this, this is the question that I always ask myself. Do you really believe, Sean? Because if so, some of these things would be different. You know? Um, I, I think we give so much. We use this weakness of the flesh as an excuse. Mm. Well, you know, the... I I just want stuff because it or, or, or I can't stop eating this because it's just so hard. Like instead of just saying no, it's n- it's not good for me. This is not what I need to do, and I just need to change it. It's the it's the Ron Grubb approach to you know you know you stop looking at porn, you stop. That's it. You stop. Stop doing it. Period. Any of you out there who listen to this and you look at stop. Will there be temptations here? Yeah, of course. I mean, look at the temptations that Paul had. I mean, temptations that Christ had. It doesn't, it doesn't mean the temptations go away. It just means that you, you stick to your commitment of what you really fully believe. I stick to my commitment to driving on the right-hand side of the road because I fully believe if I drive in the other lane, I'm going to hit a car head-on and probably die. So I get to that point where I say, honestly, Sean, we look at your life, and can you 100% say that you believe? And there's aspect where I'm like, hmm, man, I don't, 
know if you look from, an out, from the outside. Again, I'm not trying to turn Christianity into works-based faith. That's not it. No. Um, you know, Paul, you could have told what Paul believed in without him having to wear a T-shirt or write Scripture. You knew what Paul believed because of the life he lived. That's it. I mean, um, so when someone looks at your life, that's part of your story. I mean, it really is. Yeah. The the example you show is part of your story. Mm-hmm. And it's something that needs to be uh, at the forefront of your mind, you know. Uh, it's You're different. But there has the to be that moment in your life, just like with Paul, when everybody thought he should act one way, mm. and he acted something completely different. Because yep. that's the part of the story where somebody says... Why did he just do like well, and, and that? This one ex- that intrigues me. Yeah, I mean, how how I mean, that crowd had to have been expecting him to just lay into them, and that's why they weren't being quiet at first because they didn't want to give him a voice because he's obviously going to say things that are actually true, but be against this crowd, be against these people. That is exactly. I, I I can't imagine there weren't people thinking that in that crowd. But no, that's not what he did. But that's why I can't believe that there was nobody in that crowd oh, yeah. that a day or two later or a week later, whatever, said, "Man, did can you believe what Paul? How Paul reacted to that? Like, yeah, man, that's not what I would have like." There had to have been conversations. There had to have been, you know. And I pray that's that there one of the, were. That's one of those right? things where you know I don't I don't sometimes buy into the 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 notion that all of our answers are or all of our answers to all of our questions will be answered when we get to heaven. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, is it really that important at that point? We're, right, we're home exactly. worshiping God. But that's one of the things that I would like to know. Did anybody? Hey, God, did anybody get saved? And I when like Paul gave his testimony. On the steps, did and, it, did anybody come to 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 know Jesus and because that's of that? Some of the questions I even more so hope that we get to get to hear about. You know, sure, and and I'm sure you'd have a lot of questions. You know, how does this really work? What's this? Uh, what's this all about? Or how does can I can you explain this? Oh, forget that stuff. What happened with this part? You know what. What was the aftermath of this? You know, who else gets to know you now because Paul uh, shared on the steps? You know, you know that. I mean, that's giving me goosebumps. Like stories of people getting to know the Lord because of other great stories that some people told about their own relationship. I think you have to remember the context of what you're reading at the time in the Bible. It's important to understand who Paul was. It's important to understand. Like you talked about, he was very intelligent. You you didn't get to hang around with the folks that he hung around with and be on certain councils that he was on with being dumb. Um, he was a Roman citizen. At that time, that would be today's version of flying first class wherever you went. He could have walked away from that at any time. He could have said... Just like he did here in this chapter that you referenced, Adam. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're about ready to flog a Roman citizen and take away his rights. And the guard was like, what? <laughs> What'd you say? Your Rome's, oh, I better go talk to my boss. And then the boss says, he's a Roman citizen. What do you mean you're going to flog him without... At any point in time, he could have walked and gone back home. He could have hopped a ship and gone back home. And I'm sure he could have got back into some sort of swing of things with the elite class at the time. And the beatings would have stopped. The shipwrecks would have stopped. But he didn't. Mm. He was committed. And, you know, I guess my question is kind of to go off what you said earlier. Do you believe what you believe because you've searched it in your heart Mm. You've asked the Lord to show you things, or do you believe it because your pastor tells you that? I'm not saying your pastor's wrong. Have there been pastors that have been wrong before? Oh, yeah. Mm. Will there be more? You bet. Scripture's Mm -hmm. pretty clear about that. 
Do we really believe that God sent two of every kind to Noah to put on the ark? Mm. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that Elijah was taken up into heaven in a flaming chariot? Do we really buy that? Listen, there are supernatural things that happen all the time in the church poo-poos them. They say, that's crazy. Oh, you probably had some bad chili. Maybe, maybe that dream you had was some, <laughs> maybe your wife's made some bad chili. But yet we want to believe in a book that is completely supernatural. Floating axe heads, talking donkeys, virgin births, a whale, a fish swallowing a man for three days. Fire from heaven consuming a sacrifice. A sea opening men up and a half a million in a people. furnace. Three men in a... I mean, like, the mm-hmm. list goes on and on. Of all the great supernatural things that we've seen in the Bible, and sometimes we, we as the church today want to kind of push those things down, we have to know the truth. We have to search for it. There is a time coming. Jesus was very clear. Men's hearts will fail them for what is going to come upon the earth. There is a great falling away coming. John was very clear when he wrote about it. How did I get to this point in the conversation? It goes back to, do we really believe what we read in the Bible? And if so, do we live it? Mm. Are we living it out? Are we walking it out? Am I perfect? No. Could I walk my walk better? You bet. And... Part of what we do here at Out of the Boat and part of this podcast is iron sharpens iron. Amen. And if we're really believing in Jesus, and we really want to be like a Paul, number one, we got to tell our story and we got to walk it out as best as we can. Amen. So just to wrap this up, I ask, Everybody who's listening, any of us here, take some time to sit down with God and ask that question. Do you really believe? Mm. And if what you come to is yes, then ask the Lord to reveal to you areas that you need to Start to work on areas of your life where you're living a life as though you don't believe. Mm. Um, and that, I believe, will, will start to, to walk you on a path closer to being the, the full human with 100% um, filled with the Holy Spirit like Paul, which mm. all of us have the yeah, the ability Amen. to do. All of us have the ability to be an evangelist like Billy Graham. Mm. All of us have the ability to be a Paul. Mm-hmm. But we need the Holy Spirit, and we need to welcome the Holy Spirit in, and we need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. We need to surrender things to the Holy Spirit. Um. So that's my challenge for anybody who's listening. My challenge to to, to us here, mm-hmm. and I'll be the challenge to the guys at the out, at, out of the boat. Do you really believe? So, um, before we close, and Adam, I'm going to ask you to close if you would here in just Absolutely. a minute. But uh, I would want to say to any men uh, who are listening to this. Um, I'm not leaving out you women, but to any of the men, uh, we're a men's ministry. So um, if there's some things here you'd like to talk to us about, um, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, Out of the Boat Ministries. Um, uh, We do have uh, a web page as well, but we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us. Um, We'd love to answer any questions that you have. Uh, If you don't live local and you don't really want to send something to us here, you know, if you're in a church, go to your pastor. Um, you know, same thing for the women. I mean, find some women if you have mentors, uh, spirit-filled believers around you that you can go to. Go to your pastor. Um, if you have questions, you know, there's nobody better than to take it to the Lord Himself. 
Uh, he will respond to you. It might not be mm. immediate, but he will. But we would be more than happy to talk to anyone uh, who might have some questions, who might have some struggles that they're trying to walk out. Um, there is no greater place to be at than 57 West Hunter Street on a Thursday night. If you're having a hard time walking the walk, um, come join us. We're all on this walk together. We're all doing the best we can. Um, some have been walking a lot longer than others. Um, some have been emulating Paul for a while. Some just started. But um, if you want to come walk the same road with us, we'd love to have you here. So that's all I have, Adam. I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for giving us direction. I thank you for the topic that was at hand. Lord, uh, I pray that we can uh, hear at this table, just kind of internalize what we are sharing today. Lord, that we can take it and, uh, and internalize it. Lord, and I pray, me specifically, that I can just, I can continue to run faster towards you, Lord. Um, that And while I do that, that people can see that and people see something different yeah. in me and be able to see you through me. Lord, I pray that for my brothers here and I pray that for men listening tonight. Lord, I pray that, that you, can, you can speak into them through us, uh, through the podcast that we shared today. And Lord, I pray that uh, you can give them boldness to be able to do this, uh, the courage to be able to do this, to to know that they are doing something greater than themselves, but being able to worship you and share you with others so they can as well worship you. Lord, I thank you for this time, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Cast the Net, a production of Out of the Boat Ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at Out of the Boat Logan, or visit our website, outoftheboatministries.com.